What is it about antimicrobial resistance? What are the societal and ethical implications of synthetic biology? How does scientific research work in real life? Welcome to AM Podcast. Hi, and welcome to AM Podcast. I'm Antonia, the host for today's episode, and I would love to introduce you to Professor Dr. Thomas Potthast. After studying biology and philosophy in Freiburg, Germany, he received his PhD in Tübingen and worked for the Max Planck Institute for the History of Science in Berlin for his postdoc. Now he is full professor of ethics, philosophy, and the history of life sciences, as well as the co-director of the International Center for Ethics in the Sciences and Humanities. Among other things, um, Dr. Patas is researching bio and environmental ethics, as well as sustainable development in selected areas of practice, one of them being agriculture. Since our project is focused on plants, we're excited to talk to him about what he does, how his work impacts the scientific process, um, and any input he has for our own project. Again, thank you for, for being our guest today, um, Dr. Potas. To start off, uh, I would love to hear if you could make it maybe talk about what ethics is and uh, why you think it's important and what role it currently plays in, in research. Thank you and good afternoon. Um, good uh, to have you here for talking. Now, for us, ethics um, is, a, is an academic discipline. That's quite important. So what we um, distinguish is uh, between morals and ethics. That's not very common in the general parlance, but, but very uh, important for us to discriminate because uh, morals is uh, our ideas, our individual or collective ideas about the good and the right life. So everyone hopefully has his or her morals. Community can have morals. And um, the, what, what we live in our daily lives is also what the, the practice morals. Now, ethics for us, in our understanding of the words, is the philosophical, the academic, uh, reflective discipline on morals. So systematically thinking about morals is what we call ethics. Um, within ethics, we have some more descriptive uh, parts, which very much are related to psychology and sociology, so explaining the social role and the functions of morals in societies or the moral development of individuals is closely related, of course, to psychology or sociology or other disciplines. And then we have the philosophical analysis of the moral language, so um, a better understanding what terms we use in moral, what kind of different theories we have and all that. That's much, pretty much philosophical. And then the normative part, so the part where we try to justify specific moral theories or specific individual moral judgments. For example, was it okay for a certain person to do this and that? Um, so the normative part of ethics is related both to individual judgments on actions, but also on the validity of more general uh, judgments. Um, and that's about it, what we do in, in ethics. I, I would be interested in hearing more about um, what where you see yourself um, or your role like 
kind of in the in the scientific process. Let, let me start with our with our research institute. So mm -hmm. the Center for Ethics in the Sciences and Humanities has been founded in 1990, and there is a bit longer history to it uh, from the mid 1980s. And the initial idea was that professors of biology and medicine were facing ethical issues of their own research. We had a famous microbiologist, Hans Zähner, who was very much working on uh, um, antibiotic resistance genes, though. So Hans Zähner is really someone who is also kind of a forefather of what you are doing. Yeah. And he was, he was thinking what his findings were being used for in the chemical industry, in agriculture, the role that that uh, herbicide resistance then was playing also with regard to plant breeding and everything. So I'm not exactly sure whether he was working on antibiotic or on herbicide resistance. Please allow me for this small historical uncertainty. But anyway, so his question and, and many questions of his colleagues were, okay, how are we dealing with what we are producing as technologies, as knowledge, um, do we really want to have these kind of, of processes? And th that was when also scholars of philosophy, of uh, legal science, and of the theologies came together with uh, the medical people and the biology people and talking and thinking about ethical issues. And from there, kind of a research institute emerged and this is why we call our research ethics in the sciences and humanities. So what, what we are very sure of that in, in this case of ethical issues, we, we have to work together interdisciplinary. So we need the, the, the knowledge uh, of social sciences, of humanities, of natural sciences, and in case also of, of technology. And only together we can we can have a, a, an up-to-date discussion on possible implications of science and technology for society. So this is one major point, and of course our expertise is kind of twofold. So in, in some sense we bring in the philosophical basics, the ethical theory, um, and we also try to, to, to bring together different people from different fields of study. So in our institute people come together who have a background in the natural sciences, in the social sciences. And uh, so in some sense, also interdisciplinarity is not only combined by the group of people working together, but interdisciplinarity is also within some individuals, like me having a diploma in biology and then moving to, to philosophy. But to be sure, we need all different sorts of people, people with a strong background in one discipline, but also people who are who are able to kind of bridge the discourses. Very cool. Um, so maybe could you talk a little bit about or introduce us to one of the projects you're you're currently working on, or one of them you're that you're personally most involved in <laughs> right now? Actually, we we have a we have a small uh, project which is only starting right now, um, which which is asking what kind of development, uh, what kind of transformation should, um, li should, uh, should livestock uh, farming in African countries uh, uh, go? 
and in, in so we we have a process where the the way people are uh, working with their herds of, of livestock and husbandry uh, is shifting anyway some people want to go to the intensification of, and production systems like we have meat production in the northern countries other people want to keep their pastoralism um, yet an, uh, other people may think of combining these two aspects and and our question together, and this is very important, it's together with, with colleagues from African countries, it's together with people from, from uh, plant breeding from the University of Hohenheim and our ethics team here at Tübingen, and we together think about what uh, could be a sustainable transformation of these systems. Of course, we uh, have to talk with the people themselves, as always, so it's not only interdisciplinary, but transdisciplinary in a way that, that we are talking with people who are practicing uh, these kind of, of things. And we think together what sustainable transformation within the system of uh, husbandry uh, could look like. And one aspect, for example, is the issue of animal welfare. So this is what, what we just are trying to develop and as, as you see it's 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 quite complex so it, it needs the impact of, of many people and and it's very interesting though would you say that at the end of this this process um, which I'm guessing takes I don't know does it take a couple months or, or a year rather years rather so years really to do it I mean you have to you have to get together all the people um, you have to do some social science research with in interviews with stakeholders and, and other actors in the field. You have to do, of course, literature surveys. And then you need a lot of interaction, different workshops where we... Also, we have initial works, workshops where we kind of co-design the specific research questions. So it's not that we have a research question and then we go out in the world and say, look, this is what we want to do. But we ask the different actors in the field what would be of interest for them. And, and by this, we would, we would really kind of co-design the specific research questions. So that takes a little time. And then we have to do the, the research with combined desktop research, uh, workshops, interviews, um, and, and these kind of things, and then we get the results together. And, and maybe what, what, you, what, what would be the next question, which I <laughs> already anticipate, what is the result of, of yeah. such a project? Well, maybe in, in some contexts, we really as a project team would get to a specific ethical judgment that, for example, this or that practice is uh, ethically laudable because of this and that reasons, and that other ways to deal with the problem are ethically not really um, suggestive. Uh, and the, more, the most important thing is not that we say it's ethically uh, laudable or not, but the major point are the reasons giving for this. So that's the major thing. So we are not doing Facebook ethics with, you know, thumb up, thumb down. This is, this is completely uninteresting, but for us interesting is what is behind. But also we have projects where kind of the result may be not that clear. 
But what we set up there at least is what we call something like points to consider. So if we want to solve these problems, we need to think about the question A, B, C, D, and we need answers to this. And, and another important point is we are not doing politics. So, de so the decision of whether to regulate uh, agriculture in this or that way needs to be on the side of the democratically legitimized parliaments. And this is a very important point. What, what we could do is kind of set up scenarios. If we start with this assumption, and the assumptions are both empirical assumptions and also normative uh, assumptions. So if, if we rate, for example, animal welfare very high and in a specific way, then it would be the case that uh, the practice A, B is okay, but C and D is not okay. So we set up scenarios and say, here are the assumptions, both normative assumptions and empirical assumptions. We need, we, and, and with these assumptions we get there, and then we have another scenario, or maybe a third one, and then it's up to the, to the democratically legitimized decision bodies, parliaments, then to make a decision which kind of options uh, are to be um, the regulations of society. So ethics is not replacing politics, but it's kind of um, s giving points to consider for the political decision-making bodies. And this is very important to us. Yeah, because that would have been my, my next question. Yeah. Like, how, how does that transi transition to, right. to industry or to any, any practice or, I don't know, well, product in the end? Ac actually, we, we also have cooperation with, with actors from, from the industry um, or from, from administrative bodies or private companies and, and also uh, companies from the healthcare sector uh, in, 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 in German, Gemeinnützig, so not... Uh, by profit, but not for profit organizations. And, and with them, we kind of do these points to con consider issues so that they may or may not change their activities. Mm. But to be sure, of course, and, and this goes right in the, in, in, in the middle of, of contested debates, also academics can have a standpoint so it's, it's, of course it's possible that a single scientist um, in our center has a, has a quite a strong uh, judgment on a specific question. Um, often the press rings and then the question is, okay, what does the ethics center say to uh, this and that problem? And our answer as a research center is, oh, well, there is no single answer of the center, so we are not producing these kind of statements, that's being done by ethics committees, for example. So we are not an ethics committee, we are a research center, we do research and teaching, but we are not doing ethical reviews. These bodies are different, uh, they are set up by different actors. Uh, sometimes me and my colleagues are part of, of these kind of ethics committees, but that's not part of our center. So there we go as individuals and do some counseling in research ethics committees or other colleagues from this center have been members of the German Ethics Council, Deutscher Ethikrat, in former years. But then they do it as individuals. 
and not as representatives of a certain center position, so to speak. Yeah. And this is also, excuse me, this is also important for our, um, for, for, for our position as, as researchers, that, that we are not immediately involved in having one political position on something. To be sure, individual people of us have those positions and they also utter them in, in public. That's fair and nice as, as every scientist is allowed, regardless which discipline, to, to make public statements um, with regard to politics. But then it's clear that by doing this, you are not talking in your capacity as a scientist, but mainly in your capacity as a citizen, yeah. which is kind of a, a two-hat theory um, that you, you can make public statements with your hat as a scientist on, uh, bringing in expertise, specific expertise, or you have your hat on, it's a different one, where you talk as a citizen. And it's not easy to discriminate uh, between whether somebody ha has which hat on. Uh, so my, my expertise is not in morals, but in moral theory. So if you, if you want my expertise in different strains of utilitarianism or different options in value theory, okay, this is, this is my expertise, um, but not a political statement um, about whether we should do this and that. Then, then I have to talk as a citizen. But it's tricky, I know. Yeah, definitely. So, like to to conclude, kind of, would you say that the the power, at least in, in of this institute, is more in a mediative or in a guiding way, in the sense that it produces these different um, things that you could consider to make a decision? Well, I think that our center mainly is a source of good reflective power on different things. Um, and this is what we want to want to present, and also in our teaching, we want to to um, allow people in our in our teaching courses to to develop the the, the power of good argumentation, of critical thinking, of of thinking things two and three times um, before getting to a certain point. And always, 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 we're getting back to the question. Um, do you have a good argument for your position or not? And this is what we are looking at. Um, so maybe one last question to, to, to your work. Um, what challenges do you face in your day-to-day -day work? Actually, um, I, I start with something which we are discussing very much. Uh, what are the career options for people doing their PhDs mm. with us? So when you when you receive a PhD and you see, receive PhDs from from different uh, faculties. So you don't receive the degree from the Ethics Center, but from the faculty of uh, humanities or from the faculty of natural sciences. Then the question is, who are you? And we have always been discussing whether you, you are more an interdisciplinary person than being you know, fully uh, stemming from and identifying with uh, a single discipline. And that's both a problem in career options when you go to the university, 
uh, often people are employed in a disciplinary way. But on the other hand, our, our people work, having worked in our center uh, are able to receive jobs where precisely this interdisciplinary expertise is being needed. For example, in ethics committees, uh, one of our uh, um, one of our alumna is the head of a clinical ethics committee at a at a huge university clinic. Uh, other people, of course, are professors for application-oriented ethics in in different states and countries, uh, and other people uh, are, are moving into into higher education in in academies or so. Uh, or also in administrative bodies where they are able to bring together people of different mm -hmm. backgrounds to find a common language. So this is, this is what the, the options are, but of course interdisciplinary work is not always well received by the academic system, especially also when it comes to, to scholarly journals. Um, these, these are either bio, bioscience journals or mm. philosophy journals, so there there are some some real challenges, and the day-to-day -day challenge for our for our projects, of course, is to get the right people and to get the the right information in order to answer the questions we have in our in our um, research. And on that note, we want to already conclude this interesting and thought-provoking episode of AM Podcast with Dr. Thomas Podcast. In the next episode, we will continue our interview with him and then focus, among other topics, more on research ethics. So tune in again Friday after next and as always, thanks for listening.